Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 34. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here, this Steelers Nation, this Victory Monday for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and in true Pittsburgh Steelers fashion, one week blown out by the Texans, the next beating the favored Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh victorious Sunday at Akershire Stadium, winning 17-10, and called them your first place Pittsburgh Steelers, now 3-2 and two in first place in the division with the win Baltimore dropping to 3-2, and two, Pittsburgh having tiebreaker. Dave, I, I, I ask this question every week. I'll ask it again. Where do we begin with this game? Uh, I think we begin with that trend that, that you tried to... <laughs> <laughs> I warned you, and you warned me, and then I warned you, I guess. The Steelers now own a 12 and 2 record in games following losses of 20 points or more since 2007 when Mike Tomlin took the reins as the team's head coach. I think that's uh uh the starting point. The second starting or the second uh point I'd like to make is uh I mean I want to say that this will be a Steelers-Ravens game that that I'll never forget, but there's so many games (laughs) between the Steelers and Ravens that I'm not supposed to ever forget that I'm afraid I'm going to forget it. Uh, (laughs) uh, That kind of thing. Yeah. I'm I'm still trying to digest it all. I went through the TV tape again last night and went through bits and pieces of it this morning and uh, did did the Steelers win that game? Did the did the did the Ravens lose that game? Is it both? I think it's more. I think it's a lot of a lot of all of it in there. Uh, but within that, I I where where do we start, or did we start? I think we did start. And when someone will inevitably ask me to explain this game, I'm just gonna say. It's Steelers Ravens throw everything else out the window. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. It's going to be messy. It's going to come down to the final five minutes, often the last minute of the game. And yesterday's contest hit all of those notes. So the Ravens could have won this one 30 to three based on their opportunities. Of course, they didn't. Pittsburgh hung around. And in my terrible take today, Dave, I compare the Steelers to that leaky faucet in your under your sink where you, you let it just hang around and just drip, 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 and eventually it becomes a big headache if you, if you let it happen long enough. So Pittsburgh battling, finding a way to win. It's, it's the peak Pittsburgh Steelers experience. How many times in uh, uh, did we see the Steelers in some of those games, you know, six, seven, eight, you know, years ago where, ah, they get down there and they don't score. They only get field goals and they dominated statistically on offense. And yet you get to halftime and it's 13 to six or three. And you're thinking, ah, they, you know, they let them hang around like that. 
and they end up losing the game. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it certainly had that feel to it. I mean, you get to have to, I mean, you, you, you get even into, into the midway point of that second quarter and you're thinking, Oh man, they, they sure are lucky. They're, they're, they're still in this. And then obviously you get into the second half there and uh, you know, you're, 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 you're one possession, you know, down and you're thinking, man, they, they somehow they still got a chance to win this and all it takes is a player two or three. And, you know, they, 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 they might just win this. And that thought kept running through my head. I mean, you know, I, after, about the time I think the Ravens was up, uh, what was it? 10, 10, nothing. I, you know, I, I don't see how you could think of, think that, man, for as bad as they've played throughout this game, they're, they're, they're still in this. Yeah, that was the theme. They just hung around and hung around and then eventually did something and able to come out on top. So before we get more into this game, let's kind of take a reset, talk about some of the injuries, talk about some of just the inactive standpoint, which was basically almost all uh, injured players. Pittsburgh did promote a pair of uh, players, elevate, I should say, a pair of players prior to the game. Punter Brad Wing, of course, filling in for the injured Presley Harvin, missing his second straight game with a hamstring injury. Also, Ryan McCollum, the center guard, elevated to give Pittsburgh eight offensive linemen to be active on game day to have the maximum number of plays they could dress in total. A lot of guys did not play in this one. Most of them we already kind of expected. Pat Frymuth, Dan Moore, Presley Harvin, Marvin Leal, James Daniels, those guys all missed. Injured in-game, uh, I think T.J. Watt with a finger. Calvin Austin checked in concussion protocol. He returned, though seemed limited and very obviously taken off of punt returns and replaced by Gunnar Olszewski and Larry Ogunjobi was dinged, but I think he's going to be okay. Kenny Pickett got through the game, no worse for wear overall. And I know Mike Tomlin has said he's never met a bye week he didn't like, but I really like this one to get this team some rest and some good health. Yeah, every year when the schedule comes out, you 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 know, uh, I mean, you obviously ahead ahead of the schedule being set, you know all the opponent who all the opponents are going to be. You just don't know the order, and but once the order gets set, you know one of the things you immediately look for is when's the bye week, and you think, oh, okay, well that's 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 a decent place for a bye week, and then the bye week finally rolls around. And you say, oh, what a great time for a bye <laughs> <laughs> week. Uh, I, and I'm going to go into a mini rant here right off the top. And you, ca and you caused it. Uh, sure. Uh, at, at some point, they're going to have to, uh, you know, and they will uh, come up, I, I think, of eventually with where teams have two bye weeks a season. And I think they need to uh, because teams just can get decimated by injuries. I mean, and I, I think it's only fair to the players. Now, will it cost the players an extra game? It will. Uh, it will. It most yeah. definitely will. But uh, I would I would think probably, you know, between now and the next, you know, CBA, uh, we'll probably see two bye weeks. And I, I, I'll be a fan of that when it happens. Sure. I think when the league event inevitably goes to the 18 game, I guess, 19 week schedule, then you'll do the second bye week. But for now, I think coming off a Steagles Ravens game, which is always physical, always tough with the injuries Pittsburgh has. And and again, they're three and two, their first place going to have a nice bye. And then, then on the other side, could a Deontay Johnson come back? That seems possible. Cam Hayward, what's his status? Harder to say, probably harder to gauge and expect him to come back for week seven. But I'm not going to count the guy out. And then, of course, all the injured players and Fryermuth and Daniels, et cetera, getting a, a great week to to rest and recover. So for Pittsburgh, I mean, if you told me, Dave, at the bye, they're three and two, their first place in the North, 
I'm taking that on September 1st. Yeah, but I, I don't get to tell you how it happened. Though, right? <laughs> yeah, just leave that part out. Forget, forget about the details. Just broad oh, strokes. Okay. Your day. All right. Yeah. Well, Alex, they're three and two at the bye week, and they lead the AFC North. How you Everything, feeling? Everything's going great. The offense, I'm sure, is humming, and the defense is okay. Maybe not, but still, you take it. And, and it just, you know, obviously, every win is important, but to do that against the Ravens, to not have a loss where you're dwelling on it in your bye week. And obviously there was a ton of negativity from ourselves included coming off the Texans loss to be able to maybe not wash that away, but quiet that for a week and not just have to sit in it for the players who are trying just to get something to feel good about themselves. The win obviously matters more, but just to have that good feeling into the bye week, that is a critical victory in more ways than one. And you've played a lot of top tier defenses to this point too. You know, on on top of it here. Now, uh, you'll obviously face more uh, going, uh, in, you know, in through out, out of the bye and into the rest of the season. I mean, you'll you'll play the Browns again, and obviously the the Ravens again at some point. But uh, look, uh, I'm I'm looking at the final score here, and it looks like a W to me. Yep, and that's all that matters. So let's dive in, Dave. Where do you want to start here? We try to do our, our kind of segmented offense, defense, special teams. Which side would you like to begin with? I, I'd just like to start, first of all, and say uh, uh, the, the Ravens, shame on them. Shame, that top to bottom coaching, you know, we, we get on the Steelers all, all the time because we cover them and, and that kind of thing. And we say, man, they you know, didn't have them prepared and should have coached them up better. The Ravens were certainly not uh, prepared uh, overall uh, in, in this game. The amount of drop passes in this game, what was it, seven or eight or something mm -hmm. like that total uh, in this game. Uh, the, the, you know, the fourth down uh, decision, which really wasn't a decision, but uh, it was uh, what uh, uh, Linderbaum was instructed that that's a no snap play unless they know for sure somebody jumps off uh, off sides. And, you know, the, the, the goal there was to kick the field goal just top to bottom. Uh, I mean, the, the Steelers outcoached the Ravens in this game. Mostly by just not screwing anything basic up. They didn't, right. Pittsburgh didn't do anything, I think, spectacular, but you're right. Baltimore fans are probably more angry at this loss, and Steeler fans are happy with this win. But end of the day, the win is the win, the loss is the loss, and Pittsburgh was able to, albeit late, capitalize on, as you said, the many, many mistakes the Ravens made. All right, let's start, I guess, on the offensive side of football. Well, for the first half, it was same old Steelers. Three points, just could not move the ball. And it really was that same story early in the third quarter. To me, Dave, the difference in this one, and I just wrote about this earlier this week in my two problems with Kenny Pickett, where I kind of tried to isolate two things, not that they were the only two things, but two things I was confident that were giving him a lot of difficulty. And the latter point was the lack of the vertical sideline shot and defense is taking away George Pickens downfield. You saw you didn't see the jump balls and the back shoulder fades. And in this game, for whatever reason, I think in part because Baltimore is pretty blitz happy, you saw a ton of 1v1 opportunities for George Pickens, probably more in this game than the first four combined. And that was, of course, the highlight of the 41-yard touchdown against Cover Zero to beat Marlon Humphrey for the, the, the game-winning touchdown. But, I mean, you had at least, what, at least caught two back shoulders in that vertical ball. That's Kenny Pickett's style. And I thought the coverage that Baltimore played 
was very much in Pickett's wheelhouse to play better, especially in the second half. And how many times did we talk about those not seeing a lot of those back shoulder throws or those one v ones? Now, uh, in some, you know, a lot of these previous games, they've they you know opposing defenses have have made it uh, 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 you know prerequisite to to kind of keep you know safety up over top George but uh you know kudos to the Steelers for for especially in some of these higher leverage situations to, of knowing that they might see uh you know some cover zero type packages heck I just went back this morning and looked at the uh uh late in the fourth quarter against the Indianapolis Colts how I think it was even maybe even back to back plays uh the uh the Ravens ran some cover zero looks now they didn't t- it doesn't feel like they tipped it off as much uh they 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 it, it seemed like they more so tipped that one off uh, uh on the touchdown uh to you know uh, that, that 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 pick it through to pickens in this game but uh you know they they were able to recognize it they adjusted the line protection call on it and uh more importantly, they executed, made a great throw. George Pickens had some nice separation, that kind of classic A-B at the top of that, wasn't it? With kind of that little uh, quasi, and Tyler Wise likes to say, uh, 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 pass interference, uh, OPI, any chance you get, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, when it comes to that. And do I think it was offensive pass interference? No, but uh, I think it was classic, a receiver. And that that's another way that is exciting to see George win, right? Uh, at, at, at the top of the route with sort of that, you know, nonchalant kind of, and look, uh, Marlon was starting to uh, turn turn his head a little bit, try to find the football. But there's a little A B separation at the top of that thing, and uh, the result of that obviously was some uh, you know an extra yard, yard and a half at the top. And Kenny Kenny uh, dropped that thing right in the bucket to him, and and you know uh, touchdown. And there you go. Yeah, there's a little bit of a little push there, but that's the subtle kind of crafty moves the veterans, the good ones are able to make because it's almost never going to be noticed or called by the officials. So, yeah, so you don't always have to win every single ball, you know, jump ball that's true contested, go up in the air and really kind of limit your yak. You're making the catch and obviously finishing by putting that ball in the end zone, which is critical because, you know, finishing drives and putting the ball in the end zone an overall issue for Pittsburgh's offense on the day. So, Really good performance by him. You know, Pickett was not perfect, but he Better. just felt more comfortable. And and I got to go through the tape, but there was one completion. I forget if Pittsburgh even got points out of it. Probably not, based on how how little points there were in this game for Pittsburgh's offense. But a third down conversion to Allen Robinson, where Baltimore blitzed, and you know the pressure's on Pickett, bearing down on him. He takes a shot, but you know converts and hits Allen Robinson uh, sitting underneath against zone coverage. And so I thought Pickett did stay in the pocket better, thought he was a bit more poised and just looked more comfortable. And again, had some of those vertical sideline throws that were missing the first month of the season. Right. He's far from perfect. I, I just, I viewed it as better. Uh, uh, and look, you know, worried about his mobility just to, to some degree in this game. And he didn't look all that limited, you know, to, to, to me overall. Was that the, the, the throw that you're talking about at Charles Davis? Uh, Charles Davis said he, he stood, he stood in there. On. Probably. I have not seen the clip from Charles Davis. Uh, it was Allen Robinson underneath, I think, third and nine. He kind of goes to the, his knees to, to make the grab. Is that the one? That I think so. Davis I think so. Okay. Then then probably the same. Okay. But uh, look, uh, didn't more importantly, didn't turn the football over, right? 
Right. That's so critical. There's not a lot of margin for error for the Steelers and the numbers and they're obvious and they apply to, to most NFL teams. But when Pittsburgh does not turn the ball over, they win the game. That was true in their seven and two stretch run last year. It's been true in their wins this year and it was true on Sunday. Uh, run game looked and, and it, it's so hard to judge from just a TV tape. And as we're recording this, uh, we're still probably a couple hours away from the all 22 drop. And so it's hard, but it felt like a little bit more room. I, I wrote in my uh, five keys that, and I think we talked about it the other day, uh, try to win on the edge and some of their better runs were stuff uh, around, around the ends there. You know, you had the George Pickens, uh, uh, run, you had, uh, you know, Jalen Warren, a couple of runs on the outside, uh, there as well too. So that, that's, that's where they ran the most. Uh, another thing that stuck out to me, to, uh, to me in this game, at least from a statistical standpoint, something we've harped on a lot through these first, through the first four games was the negative plays, whether it be sacks or 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 or, or uh, uh, carries or, or or completions that go for zero or negative yards, now he was sacked what three three times in this game. So there's there's three of them right right away there. But as far as other kind of more traditional, I guess negative plays that that uh, if you will, I think they had eight in total, and I think three of those were. Sacks. I think two of those. I think were zero yardage, which technically, I guess, isn't a negative play. But I thought a, a takeaway, at least last night overall, was and they did a, a better job of limiting the, those, those those negative plays in this game. We'll have to run the numbers for sure, but to see what the percentage is. But it, it did seem better overall, and, and the run game was not good. But I thought it was as good as it. I thought it was going to be against right. Baltimore, who has one of the best run defenses in football. They were, you know, Pittsburgh was not going to pop them for a big number, but it did feel like the pile was more consistently falling forward. Pittsburgh did enough to stay on schedule to not always be in third and forever. Thought some of the zone runs to the left with Najee Harris running behind, say Amali was effective. Of course, Warren ran super hard in the second half and made some impact plays and created and, and got some extra there for him. So I mean, the run game does not statistically look good, but I thought for a Ravens game, it was where it needed to be. A couple of third down conversions to Connor Hayward, right? Yeah, and Jalen Warren. I mean, because, mm-hmm. you know, they were losing receivers. Austin missed time, and you have no Fryermuth, and of course, no Deontay Johnson. And so you had to, to work on some options you typically might not target on third down, and that's Hayward, and that's Warren with two key catches in the flat on third downs in the second half to run down the sideline and pick up the first down and sometimes additional yardage. So a lot of guys had to step up in this game. It's kind of the story of maybe the unsung heroes, whether it's, you know, those guys, or we'll talk about your guy, Rodney Williams, I'm sure here, you know, momentarily about the impact that he had. So it was a lot of those guys kind of having to put their hand in the pile, which is just typical Steelers Ravens. The whole team has to do their part to come out on top. I guess that, you know, I, what, kind of parlaying all that together. They didn't, they didn't on the offensive side of football, make, catastrophic mistakes right and they, they did enough to hang around and then played into uh played it you know were, were able to hang hang in there thanks to the ravens having <laughs> catas- catastrophic mistakes right yeah the ravens saying here you take this pittsburgh didn't do anything that really lost them the game offensively for the first 
45 minutes or so. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't have any back-breaking mistake. And then they finally decided, hey, let's go win this one in the fourth quarter. Right. Uh, anything else here, Pickens? Yeah, very good. Again, I thought Robinson's, I mean, Robinson's probably feeling the true Steelers-Ravens experience today. He took some big shots in this one. I mean, he's done his role well. It's not flashy. It's not gaudy numbers, but their third down catch, it's, it catches. It's tough stuff underneath, and you need that stuff from somebody, and he's provided that. Yeah, he has. Now, you know, and I think you said during the game, he's, 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 he's not going to be an Uber yards after the catch guy at this point in his career. Uh, but, you know, the, the ability to, to, to make a, a big catch in, in, you know, at timely times of the game, uh, was big. So yeah, he, uh, he played the role that I think he was brought in to play, uh, well in this game. Yeah. I'm trying to see here. It was his, his receptions in this game, first and 10 for eight, second and 10 for three, second and five for four to put you in third and one, uh, second and 10 for four. Um, there were a couple of third down, third nine for 10. So, I mean, he just, you know, underneath guy and he's just what Juju was at the end of his Steelers career. It's a lot of underneath stuff, a lot of option stuff. But when Fryermuth is out and you need somebody that you can trust to get open, to have a feel for where the soft spot in zone coverage is, Robinson becomes that guy. I don't think there was a lot of yards after the catch, though, for this uh, for the Steelers team in this game, though, if I'm. Let me see if I can double check this real quick. Uh, let's see. The Warren catch uh, over on the short right. He did a good job on that one, I think. Uh, in fact, that was zero air yards, 23 uh, yards after the catch. Obviously, the touchdown uh, to Pickens was another 11 yards after the catch. There was also another catch by Warren uh, right after that, uh, not not too long after that uh, first one that he had 23 yards after the catch. He had another nine yards after the catch. Up until that point, I'll read the completed yak uh, to you by catch. Two yards, one yard, zero yards, three yards, zero yards, one yard, zero yards, two yards, zero yards, seven yards, two yards, zero yards. It seems like every other one's a zero, <laughs> uh, four yards. Uh, but we had talked ahead of the game that, man, they, 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 they are a good tackling team right. uh, uh, overall. So that's probably uh, not surprising. I mean, the, 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 those couple that uh, Jalen Warren had were very impressive and timely. I mean, you're talking about 32 uh, yards after the catch on those two catches alone. And then, of course, the extra 11 yards that George Pickens had. Uh, so, you know, that's one thing that, you know, they got them in timely fashion that they certainly didn't have them up until those final five or six catches of the game, uh, the yak there. But I guess that's kind of to be expected the way we talked up this Ravens defense and how uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're solid tackling team. And especially after the catch. You prefer to take your shoes off to count yak, which you didn't have to do for the first three quarters in this game for the Steelers with how limited the opportunities were, but they came late and, and that's what matters in your right. Baltimore, great tackling, great run of the football type team. Um, wasn't expecting a lot of yak in this game. Right. I mean, where, you know, what is there to talk about offensively outside of what we've talked about 
uh, I, other, I, uh, other than getting into the you know the uh, those Warren plays and and obviously the touchdown to uh, or really any catch by Pickens in this game. He had some big catches sure. in this game. Yeah, six one thirty and a touchdown. That's a huge game for him. We do need to both see the all twenty two, but the O line there was some pressure because Baltimore was super blitz heavy as they typically are. But the O line seemed to hold up pretty well for a Baltimore team for how poor this line looked last week. Broderick Jones, the left tackle, seemed to do fine. I mean, wasn't a guy that you heard about too much in this game, which typically means you probably had a pretty decent performance. I know Baltimore was missing some of their top edge guys in Owe and Ajabo's on IR, but still, it's Baltimore. They're pressure happy. They're exotic. The linebackers, the off-ball guys, and Smith and Queen can blitz. And Pickett had time in a lot of instances in this game. And I want to give them some credit because they, they seem to be pretty steady in pass pro. Right. I, I would agree. And and at first blush from the TV tape, it seemed it was a good game for him to cut his teeth on as a starter now, you know. Uh, and it's definitely something for him to build on. And, and I mean, I think it's common sense at this point. He He's your starting left tackle moving forward, right? I would assume so. Again, I don't know the exact prognosis on Dan Moore and his knee and how long he may be out for post by, but based off the initial watch of Jones, my guess is he's not going to give that spot back up. I, I think where where some of the pressure instances still uh, reign supreme is up the middle with with Cole. I know he got beat really badly on one instance, I believe, in the first half. But again, we'll both have to watch the L22 to kind of see the totality of this game. And then the Millette sack, what did you think about that? Again, I got to go back and see it. I mean, I noted in my scouting report, field side blitzes on third down was their personality, typically more with a Kyle Hamilton than an Arthur Millette. But, you know, just unblocked guy. I don't know if there was a design to pick him up or if the ball should be hot there. So I don't know really how to break that one down yet. But a lot of a lot of ex Steelers trying to get their revenge. Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, there was no win for Arthur Millette. Right, uh, and, and uh, I would say that uh, you know disappointment after those big plays that uh, that Warren made. You know, for you to know, they only came away with a field goal with that one, didn't they? I'm losing track, but certainly this offense stalled too often until the very end. That was frustrating because they, they put together a couple of decent drives and they would get between the 50 and the Ravens 35 and just, just completely stall out. Right. Uh, you know, there wasn't as many, uh, how many three and outs did they have in this two or three? Uh, let's see here. They had, uh, their second possession was a three and out. Their first possession of the second half was a three and out. I'm not going to count any of the kneel downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so just two, two, three and outs overall. But uh, you know, they 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 had a problem manufacturing chunk plays uh, up up until the end, and and uh, that played a role in it. You're just not going to be able to go 10, 12, 14 plays against defenses like this with with with, with the state of this offense. Do you feel better about this offense than no. you did after? Okay. Fair no. enough. Fair enough. So what is what is missing? And there, there is a lot. I don't disagree, but I'm just getting your pers- perspective. Uh, just a more consistent uh, doing a better job, getting getting yourself into more of those second and third or second four situations, I think. Uh, 
to me. Now, uh, they ended up, they did end up having one, two, three, four, five explosive plays. One of those was obviously uh, the, the, the touchdown to Pickens. Uh, and then you had, and uh, let's see, what else did you have? I mean, mo- most of them are Pickens, and a lot of those were, were kind of those back shoulder sideline throws. It was all Pickens and Warren for explosive plays, right? right? Is there anybody who there was no other name in that hat? Right? That w- that was it. You have okay. uh, one, two, three, four by Pickens, one by Warren. Okay, so yeah, it was it was the Pickens show for sure. And if you didn't have those, if you didn't have those five explosive plays, would would you have the uh, additional ten points? <laughs> no, clearly no, for sure. You obviously wouldn't have the touchdowns, so, right? Obviously, right. So. Uh, yeah, once again, I, I thought the running game, and I'm, I'm interested to see that from the end zone view and and, and how that went there. Uh, it felt a little better, but I mean, do, do I come out of this thinking, oh man, thank thank God, and 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 Deontay's coming back? You know, it's it's all joy in what, what's the book Smallville or whatnot? But uh, uh, no, I I I don't come out of that other than thinking. Kenny played a little bit better. George obviously had a good game. I thought an incredible effort by uh, Jalen Warren. As you mentioned, the blocking, the overall pass protection was a little bit. There there were things to build on for sure, but I, I still want to point to a lot of it to shame on Baltimore for, for letting this one get away. Sure, that's probably fair. And I think the Ravens are rightfully kicking themselves pretty good today overall. So. One negative stat, and I I didn't expect this also thing to should, change. Also, should add to that list what I said earlier that you know fewer fewer negative plays. Yeah, fewer mistakes, self inflicted wounds, and Baltimore certainly had more of those in this game. Pittsburgh now through their first five games zero rushing touchdowns. That is a franchise first. Never happened over the first five games of a Steelers season, and they've been playing football since 1933. I didn't expect him to get in the end zone rushing against Baltimore, but that does officially become a record. They are one of two teams in the NFL without a rushing score this year, Minnesota being the other. So does it mean much in the victory? Probably not, but it just kind of goes back to a, the lack of red zone opportunities and the run game, just not being as strong as Pittsburgh hoped that it would. Five offensive touchdowns through five games, all five Mm. passes, right? Uh, oh, uh, three of them, uh, explosive, du- double explosive plays or more, which was the opposite of last year. There, they did not right. get. They got what one explosive touchdown, I think, last year offensively. So that is one difference, but that, that's how they won big plays. It's not sustainable, though. What they're doing is not, in my in my my opinion, is not sustainable. I agree. Really, what they're relying on offensively and defensively are the big plays. You know, the 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 other stuff is pretty mediocre, but they're getting enough splash plays offensively and defensively to, you know, change the course of the game. Yeah, it's it's don't turn the ball over on offense. Try to get the double, triple explosive plays for scores uh, when you can and let the defense. Hopefully the defense provides a couple of splashes in there. 
And as Matthew Marksy read about this morning with the Pittsburgh Steelers, three and two, first place in the North, like it or not, and I know most people don't like it, Matt Canada is going to remain as the OC for the bye week, and I presume now for the rest of the season, despite three fire Canada chants yesterday, which at one point equaled the number of points Pittsburgh had, they're not going to change the OC there when they're three and two, even though the offense still has many problems. Right, and I know this is this at this point where you are, 30 minutes in and boy, you guys sure are negative. And, and they, yeah, they, they, they got to win. It's a W good for them. Good for the, good for Mike Thomas for, to be able to get this team off the mat again after a 20 point loss. But, uh, it's not, it's, it, it's not good enough on offense and it's not going to be sustainable. You, know, you can't, you just can't go every other week get blown out one week and come back and 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 eke out a, I mean you can I mean, they are <laughs> yeah, they literally are they, they are but it's just it's 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 not sustainable uh at this point and the biggest concerns obviously about this team remain and I put the tweet out there and we and look I in no way did I did I call this and, and I, I think I made that clear at the end of the podcast the other day we did talk about though what a win would look like uh, if they were to beat the Ravens and earlier in the week I put on there, it'd be so on brand for the Steelers. And, you know, and we discussed that the other day for them to 17, 16, this thing with, with a couple of key turnovers and all, and that's exactly what happened there, mm-hmm. but it, it, they have, they have got to, and maybe, you know, Deontay Johnson returning is not going to hurt this team <laughs> it's gonna be huge. at, at all. Getting Pat Fryer moved back uh, in the same breath is not going to hurt this team. Uh, getting now that you have Broderick in there on, on the offensive line. And once you get James Daniels back, getting, getting back, getting some consistency, a la that kind of that second half of last season uh, on that offensive line is going to help this team. So how much is all of that going, going to be able to help this team is, is, is yet to be determined. Sure, but it adds up. And to be fair to Pittsburgh, yeah, we're a bit negative today because the offense was miserable for, for long stretches most of this game. But I'm positive about Pickett playing better and George Pickens, I think, playing a very George Pickens style of game and Jalen Warren running hard and the O-line looking better. And so those things are, are good to be happy about. And plus, this, this was a depleted unit that was not good to begin with. But, you know, it was playing without Deontay Johnson, without Pat Fryer, with losing Austin. Your quarterback, you know, has a knee and a calf and isn't a hundred percent. And, you know, you're still fighting through that. And the fact that you can win through all that crap is really all that matters. And Pittsburgh got the win and hopefully they get healthier on the other side of the bye and come back with Fryermuth and maybe Deontay and a healthy picket, et cetera. I expect this offense to be better moving coming out of the bye. I just don't know how much better that better is going to be. Fair. Can it at least be average? Maybe that's your goal. I'm not quite sure, but I mean, it's it, got to be. It's got to be better than that eight. You know, you got to start start scoring more more than more than twenty. You know, twenty points a game to be in some of these games. Sure, they got to start faster too, which I know we've talked about endlessly, not just this year but past years. They are the slowest starting team in football, so they, there's got to be some some quicker starts. They're not always playing from behind, which seems to happen in almost every game. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I really did think the run game, what were the final numbers on the run game overall, Dave? 
Uh, just had it pulled off and switched off of it here real quick. Let me see if I can refine my place. I got so many windows open here. Uh, offensively running the football, 87 yards on 30 carries. Now there are some kneel downs in there. So, uh, be 81 yards on 24 carries. What's the quick math on that? That's 3.4 yards per carry. For how tough that Ravens front is, that might actually be an encouraging sign. I know Najee didn't have much running room. His yards per carry was was really poor. You got the nice 16-yard run by George Pickens on that end around. Jalen Warren getting some more uh, impactful plays. But, you know, I'll, I'll take that against Baltimore. You do that against Baltimore when you face a run defense that isn't so stifling, you might have more success. All right. Once again, it, it did felt like the the run game had 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 a little bit more teeth to it, and it'd be interesting to see the uh, uh, the, the the end zone views on a lot of these runs. Right. Any other final thoughts here with the offense, Dave? No, I mean just props to them. You know, recognizing that cover zero and uh, making the Randy call to shift the protect protection and and pick it for 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 dropping that one in the bucket. Yeah, and can we just say? The internet needs to stop criticizing Matt Canada for his reaction after that that touchdown. Just you know, we don't have to criticize every single thing Matt Canada does. Let him. It's a good play call. It's a good execution. Let's enjoy that one. It's funny, but it stays there. Yeah, I mean, it was. A fu- it's it's funny to watch, you know. Right. I mean, because he doesn't react, but I think I think right as they were cutting away, I think he was starting to move to maybe react. But I think as somebody mentioned, I think Josh Carney, you know, think about two point play in. You know, just just everyone put your tinfoil hats down for a second there. Just just enjoy that that play. Right. I would agree. All right. Flipping over to the defense, Dave, and I'm trying to figure out how to react to this one because the defense certainly had their their big moments and the pass rush won late. But as we've talked about, Baltimore had so many opportunities to basically put this game away in the first half. So I don't know how to feel about the defense exiting this win. Well, it started early with with kind of getting gashed to the left there, and 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 Lamar on the keepers uh, started it off over there, where you know they caught uh, How uh, Highsmith trying to crash down, and then he he uh, ultimately he tries to correct around the next time that that they try, and he and he widens it a little bit, and then Justice Hill scoots through. <laughs> uh, uh, on that because he's so concerned on, on, on Lamar keeping that. Now the rest of the defense got crashed down on the line inside there and there was nobody filling that gap, uh, in there. But, uh, early on, I, I, I got to admit, uh, through the first, uh, I guess really up until the Larry Ogan Joby, uh, uh, punch out there, it felt like same old Steelers, right? Pile moving forward. They were getting runs kind of almost at will. Uh, now, they, they weren't completing some passes, but it was much to their, their own uh, dropping of the football there. It really didn't feel like the defense started to get their legs, in my opinion, until the Larry Joby punch out. That's fair. I'm with you. And that was what a what a big play that was, Dave. I, I thought they're, the mo- way- they're moving again, and that play alone's gaining what if, if he doesn't punch it out? You know? 15, 20 yards at least, if not more. I forget the exact yardage there. I thought Pittsburgh handled the screen game obviously much better this week than 
than last week and chasing the football, punching that out. Quan Alexander blowing up a screen in the what fourth quarter that led to the Killebrew block punt that really was a the, the Tyler Wise probably turning point of this game. Um, I I just thought defensively the the two words that come to mind in this game is ball search. I thought these guys were really aggressive, finding attacking the football, Oaken Joby, um, High Smith those types of things where Pittsburgh was really aggressive. Baltimore, it was fumbling quite a bit throughout this season. I think Pittsburgh recognized that you go back to training camp every single day. You hear these guys at the end of every rep, ball search, ball search, ball search. And Pittsburgh did that on Sunday. They were giving up way too many. Once again, I, I, you know, uh, I, it's not the turning point of the game. At least I don't think it is, but uh, up until that Larry Ogan, Joby punch out, they were giving up far too easy completions or what should have been, uh, uh, completions at that point, uh, kind of a tone setter. I, I think it was not too long after that, right. Was, uh, uh, TJ Watt taking that, that hard hit on flowers, even though he didn't get the football, uh, uh on that play. And then either, either the play before or two plays before or two plays after TJ, uh, drops into coverage and, uh, <laughs> gives a right forearm sh- <laughs> it's sh- shiver, yeah. sh- shiver, uh, 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 to fly. I tell you what, Fly flowers probably saw TJ Watt in his dreams, uh, last night. And, uh, but it really, to once again, if they, it did, they weren't getting a lot of pressure on, on Jackson. Uh, it really felt like from the, once again, from the moment the Ogan Joby punch out happened, that's when things started to click a little bit more. You started to see pressure ramp up, uh, from that point. Uh, and, and, and they, 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 they really started making, you know, put, putting their feet in the ground and, and knowing kind of getting a better sense of probably what Baltimore was trying to, to, to do, but uh, look, they should have been down a lot more than they were at that point of the game. And shame sure. on Baltimore for not getting there. But I mean, that's why you play the game. But but uh, from from that turning point of the Ogan Joby, it, it really felt like they the the defense started to get their teeth, started seeing more pressures, obviously sacks and and everything. And then obviously you get into the late part of the game where you you can 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 kind of pin your ears back and all like that. Boy, Alex Highsmith had a ended up having a hell of a game in this. What do you have? But uh, ten or eleven total pressures uh, in this game and. Uh, I'll say this, Ronnie Stanley ain't the Ronnie Stanley he used mm-hmm. to be. Uh, yep. And that's not Alex Highsmith's fault. But uh, Alex, Alex, as the game wore on, really started to play better. I don't have the official number, but I did finish my charting last night. And I can already tell you Pittsburgh blitzed more in this game than they have in any game this season by a considerable margin. And that is, I think, a large part to try to contain Lamar Jackson from scrambling. You don't really put the spy on Lamar because... You don't, you don't win 1v1 if you're against Lamar Jackson. He's going to make whoever you put out there miss. And so you're blitzing to kind of constrict the pocket. And I thought that was a pretty useful tool. I thought the inside backers played well overall. Quan Alexander, Atlanta Roberts, Cole Hope, and those guys making impact plays, run game, pass game. So um, th- I thought it was a, a decent game plan and enough execution, especially with the splash plays where you're getting multiple sacks, four of them, four of them on Lamar. The interception the Porter had obviously was critical. Um, and, and, and again, ball searching to take the football away. Yeah. What, I mean, what can you say about Watt and Highsmith, you know, uh, 
as that game, once again, as the game wore on, especially, you know, get, get, uh, late in the second half or late in the second quarter on into the second half, they just got stronger. And then look, uh, they, uh, the Ravens lost, uh, Macari over there at right tackle. And then Daniel Falele had to come in, uh, how, how would you like that for an assignment there? And uh, they're just little things like even on the uh, on what was it? The other fourth down or third down that, that they had, uh, they slid the running back over to why uh, I think either Charles Davis or whoever the other announcer was saying, yeah, look, uh, you're, you're not set up to handle that. You should have called time out there. You know, instead of let let Watt come off the edge like he did on that play. Mm-hmm. I think it was a fourth down play, wasn't it? Was that the, the end pass, of half situation? The pass over to the side. Was that the end of the first half? I don't Play remember. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, I'm having trouble recalling it. But I and maybe that was the one that that they weren't even supposed to snap the football right. on. That was the end of the half. I think that was the one. But okay. yeah, that was that was a big mess there. Just pulled the numbers. Pittsburgh blitzed blitzed fifty one percent of the time mm. of this game, and a lot of that was inside backers, occasional nickel blitzes, and Keanu Neal blitzing a lot in this game and dime packages as well. So again, Pittsburgh wanted to, I think, and really because I mean Lamar, he beat you with his legs a little bit. He had a twenty six yard run on that on that design run, but in terms of him scrambling and getting you know out of structure, not a lot of that in this game. Pittsburgh, I thought overall contained him pretty well. There wasn't that crazy. He did have. Gets the one third down, that third and 18, I think. He hit Zay Flowers for that conversion. That one was kind of a killer. But overall, Pittsburgh's containment of Lamar was pretty good. And then, look, we haven't even hit on the Joey Porter uh, interception at all. But, I mean, after after Gunner had fumbled, I, I thought the game was over at that point. Uh, after Gunner fumbled and they they get the ball, you know, deep uh, inside the ten at that point, I thought, yeah, well, the the the, the luck's about to run out here. But they get uh 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 they kept uh, Edwards on that first play to left guard for just three yards. Uh, the Jackson pass to uh, Mark Andrews. What that was kind of that shovel, wasn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 and they tackled him right away for a loss of one yards. Uh, and then you get into that third down play and. Uh, you know, props to Joey Porter for getting himself in the right position at that uh at that point there and and making a play and I mean that that obviously that was a key third turning point in that game because I, I thought the game was over after Gunner fumbled. Yeah, I'm sure Gunner probably thought the same. Yeah, I thought again the inside backer play, some big open field stops. That was Quan that tackled Andrews on that shovel pass. Uh, he blew up the screen, the light of the block punt. Roberts had a big third and three stop on, I believe it was Justice Hill. So uh, the the tackling from the linebackers were better. The secondary tackling was much more of a mixed bag. But the inside guys, you know, Cole Holcomb had a big pass breakup on a deep ball, I think very late in the game. So you're seeing that continued splash. Right. Um, let, let, let's talk Joey Porter since you just mentioned it here, Dave, you know, didn't play much in the first half. Suddenly late third quarter starts seeing time for the first time all season for non-injury related reasons, playing in base, playing in nickel. And he was at times replacing both Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson. So Porter getting involved, getting the pick. And I know fans have been waiting for that and they finally got, got to see it. There's no reason to keep him off the field now. None. No, I, I'm going to have the article probably later today or tomorrow. You can't put this toothpaste back in the tube, Dave. This guy's making plays. He's getting playing time. He capitalized. I can't 
I couldn't begin to understand the rationale of not playing him, at least in the capacity they played him in the second half of this this game. Uh, the big boy pants have been put on and the belt has been fastened around him. Let him let him go now. And I mean, it. the, the reason I said this earlier I mean, that, this that, I, and I understand that wasn't the best pass by Jackson all like that, but that's a critical moment in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, super critical. And if you can get, if you can depend on him to be in that situation, one-on-one in that, in, in that situation, uh, like that, uh, and then end up make, making a play then in, in Steelers Ravens, yep. uh, uh, is he, is he going to have bumps along the road moving forward? Probably. Sure. sure. You know, but, they all do. uh, you know, let him let him have those growing and teaching moments along the way. But in the meantime, he's done everything that this team's needed to him to do uh, in in the packages that he's been asked to play in. And now, figure it out. Whoever you got to pull off the field now, figure it out. I've said before, you get defined in this organization by what you do in Steelers Ravens games. That marks regular season wise at least how you're kind of remembered these are the games to get talked about and to make that kind of play in your first Steelers Ravens I know he's not unfamiliar to Steelers Ravens but right. watching it and playing in it of course are two totally different things so to make that play was huge and I made the point earlier this week and I largely understood the team's decision to kind of slow play Porter but it was getting to the point and I wrote about this where Game circumstance was dictating how much Porter was playing or not playing in San Fran, seven snaps, Houston, 10 snaps, or maybe those two numbers are reversed. Point is not playing much because of game circumstance. And that was the first, that was the case in the first half against Baltimore. So at some point you have to sit there and say, we can't stop letting game circumstance dictate how much our talented rookie plays. We got to find ways to put him on the field in more regular situations. And so I believe, I believe all the snaps came at left corner. I think initially, they bumped um, Peterson to right corner, and then at one point, Peterson came off the field, and Wallace came in at right corner, so they were kind of rotating Peterson and Wallace. That may be their approach going forward. Does Porter get some more right cornerback work? Potentially, but I think it's less likely, so we'll see. But bottom line is, this guy is not going to be just a dime player going forward. Right. The word salad from Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin needs to stop now. Yeah. I, I He was asked about that after the game, Tomlin was, and answer wasn't great he was talking about oh he's kind of slowly expanded his role he hasn't until this week his role has not been expanded um but now yep. i think now now it will be and mike Tomlin went out of his way too to to congratulate the new steelers and their and their uh efforts in this game that played a role in this win you're talking about rookies or just the new guys in well general? he said new steelers i mean i i guess you could there, there's different ways to interpret that but okay uh i mean heck you had Bitten out there. I mean, Joey uh, Porter ended up playing 28 snaps. How many snaps do you reckon he played? In the f- we don't have the. T- do you have it charted yet? How many snaps? I do. Joe Joey played in the first half. He estimated four. We'll see how good his memory is. Um, I'm going to take out the the no place. I, did, I didn't the see the. I didn't see the quote on the four. Okay. Yeah, because he was saying the coaches told him, you know, you know, we didn't, we didn't play in the first half. We're going to get you some time here. Get you kind of. I guess the coaches told him to, to warm him up, but I think that was to warm the Steelers up as much as it was anything else. Uh, let's see. I'm seeing, let's see, uh, five in the first half, it appears. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, wait, I might have that wrong. It was four. Porter was correct. Four snaps in the first half. Okay. And then how many plays did, was he, how, how many plays was he off the field in the second half for? 
Uh, that's going to be maybe a little harder to find. I mean, what, once he came in, because he it, it was late third quarter, 548 in the third quarters, whenever he began to actually rotate into nickel packages he became an every down guy i should say so late third quarter it was on the start of the seventh drive of the game for baltimore they they made that change and he played the rest of the game all right uh benton played 33 snaps in this game 47 percent uh you know we talked all about fajoko finally getting a helmet he didn't even play a defense he didn't even play a snap in his game not even on special teams yeah, now Benton was the starting right defensive end in this game, which is in part due to the, Mar- uh, the Marvin Leal being out, and of course, Kim Hayward being out. But you saw, we talked about this, we thought Benton was going to get base right. end work, and he got base end work in this game. Right, right. So uh, uh, you got to keep ramping. The, uh, Porter needs to just stay on the field now, and you got to continue to ramp up Benton snaps. Yeah. Uh, what other changes? Desmond King, I know, played one snap, at least, as Justice Hill ran by him for the touchdown. Did he play anything more? I only had King down for one snap. In that's this all. That's all the uh, game book says is okay. one snap. So not sure what the rationale was there to get him as one snap. But what was uh, the snap that Killebrew was? Was that a goal line snap too? that Killebrew was on the, the shows Killebrew on, on, on the field for one snap? Yeah, it was interesting. It wasn't a goal line snap. It was after Neil got hurt. Let me pull it up here. Just okay, real quick. Uh, but it wasn't immediately after. I don't think uh, it was first and 10 at the Steelers 14. And it was a three, four package. And yeah, they went with Killebrew over Elijah Riley, which I thought was kind of interesting. Okay. And but that was briefly because uh, when Neil missed some time. And, and actually, they had Killebrew in over Casey. They didn't want to play Casey in, in their base package. And Riley only played, he was a core special teamer only. He did not see the field on defense. Right. Yeah. No defensive snaps there for him. Um, Ch- Chandon Sullivan, your thoughts there? Uh, I just, I, I don't know. What does he do? Let me give yeah, you the box, the box yeah. argument. What do you do here, Chandon Sullivan? Uh, seems like all he does well is make sure he gets his hands up if he can't get to the quarterback when he goes off the edge. <laughs> Which <laughs> happens every time. He can't blitz. Uh, c- comes off the edge. Yeah, it's, uh, you got to figure that out as well, too. You know, it, you know, can, can you get King to take over that role now? Or do you bump Peterson inside more often? Or, I mean, I know uh, he's not like a true thumping nickel like a Mike Hilton, but Sullivan isn't either. So if you want kind of a way to get, you know, Porter on the field and Peterson and Wallace and, and maybe playing Peterson more in the slot, which has been their goal all, all along is a way to accomplish that. But I just think, well, so. here, here's the thing. Somebody's once they, once they get some, the, the inactive list yesterday was, was heavily dictated by injuries, obviously. Right. That ended up in yep. every, every defensive back getting a helmet, right. All, all 11. Right. Correct. Yeah. Because five of the seven inactives were injury related. All right. So, well, you know, assuming that you can get back away from an in, in heavily injury di- dictated inactive list, somebody's got to, somebody's not going to get a helmet. And it's going to, it feels like it's going to come down to uh, 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 Desmond or Chandon Sullivan. Yeah, I hadn't. I haven't thought about it for you know week seven against the Rams. I mean, you can you can't trust Gunner again, can you? I think at this point, man. I mean, you probably replace him with a receiver, but you can't. You cannot trust Gunner Olszewski again. I mean, he's touched the ball like what did I have six times in total, including fair catches, and three of those have been <laughs> uh, two. How, how many gives giveaways does he have? Two. Uh, and, and then the sideline toe tap, which is might as well call that a giveaway as right. well, well, too. I mean, he, 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 he can't be trusted anymore. 
No, I mean, you you you, can't play. You sat him down last year because, you know, for, 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 uh, less giveaways and touches than that. So you, you've got to repeat that now. Right. So, you know, I Tomlin made the comment after the game that he was trying to frame these Steelers Ravens games to guys that haven't played it before, you know, it was the iron bowl. And he said, what did he say? Bemidji state versus Mankato. Maybe Gunner, you're not playing Mankato anymore. <laughs> you're playing the Ravens. You gotta, you gotta take it up a notch, my friend. Right, but I mean, even if you, even if you pull Gunner out of there, you might, you know, it still might dictate that you have to have a corner down. Yeah, I, you probably right. will. I just, who the heck knows at this point? Right. We'll see what the injury situation is. You know, Devontae uh, uh, comes back, places Gunner. Back, back, back to your original point. Yeah, what, what does Chandon Sullivan do? I mean. What what is what has Desmond done to this point on defense? <laughs> you know he's only had one snap, right? I mean, right, can't. but but you got to you got to start figuring that out as well too. Whether it's you know poor, uh, Peterson uh, more in the slot or w- what have you, but th- that that that's because de- let's let's go back to how this defense there there were a lot of easy completions in this game that should and there should have been a lot more. Yeah, the Ravens won with the middle of the field, and yeah, I mean if if. Andrews catches his and Bateman catches his and Flowers catches a couple and doesn't fall down and Sullivan got beat by Aguilar and that should have been probably a touchdown. So if you're getting cooked by Aguilar on slot fades, you know, that's kind of kind of a sign of how how you are in coverage. So again, point is Porter's going to play. He's not going to go back to his old role. How exactly does it look? They got some time to figure this stuff out and, you know, we'll, we'll keep track of it for sure. Russian coverage have got to go in hand more than it's gone so far. Do you want to see more of a rush or better coverage or no, just better or coverage? Just coverage needs to start. Two. Yeah. Coverage yeah. needs to start holding up their end of Russian coverage. Sure. That's probably fair overall. Uh, I'm with you there. Um, D line play. Yeah. I thought, you know, open Joby impact plays, obviously Watt high space. I mean, I, I wrote about this, wrote about this this morning, Dave, and I know it's probably kind of intuitive, but TJ Watt may set the sack record this year. He may destroy the sack record. Mm. Dude's got eight. In five games, that's a Steelers record. You almost record. had another one in there as well, too, yesterday that yeah. I, that, that uh, uh, Quan cleaned Quan, up. I think they should be a half sack maybe for Yeah, for he got a foot, didn't he? He got a foot. Maybe they, they could change that. I think, I think they, they might split that one up. But look, right now, eight sacks in five five games. That's far better than his pace in his 22-and-a-half sack season in 2021. I mean, health, and obviously you might have his occasional slumps and whatever, you know, the, the flukiness of sacks in some sense. But this dude might do it. He might. He's playing well, playing very, very well. And then High Smith, as you said, ball search, finishing. He's got two sacks, two forced fumbles on those sacks. Both are covered by TJ Watt. Talk about a duo, like just guys mm-hmm. that are in sync. Really, really fun to watch. Really are. All right, Dave, anything else there defense? I think we kind of covered it well for our first watch through. What'd you think about uh, Cole Holcomb over on the side <laughs> getting hip hip tossed? Uh, I mean, it wasn't as as egregious as that that word makes it sound. But uh, and then you have uh, calm and cool Mika just say, "Go ahead and make your move." Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna break down the way I'm supposed to, and you're not gonna get by me over here. Uh, you know, just just little things against the runs got to clean up, and then once again in coverage. I mean they. The, the the Ravens left a lot of plays out there on the field. Yeah, they did. But ultimately, it's a win for Pittsburgh, and, and that's what matters. All right, Dave, let's talk special teams. Let's go. Miles Killebrew, block punt. I, I really compare this game in so many ways to the week one opener in 2021 against Buffalo, where you're going against an offensive team that's better on paper, 
you know, your offense doesn't do much for most of the game. You get a big block, block punt in the fourth quarter. I know that resulted in a touchdown as opposed to a safety, but the block punt really changes the tone of the game. Offense comes alive. I think they had a touchdown to Deontay against Buffalo. Hit a touchdown to Pickens later in this one. This to me is like just 2021 Buffalo, you know, 2.0. Yeah. Uh, boy, Killebrew. And and last year he didn't have a block, right? And that was Correct. one of the things that was that was a bit concerning when it came to special teams is where was the splash, where was more splash out of that unit? And I I I can't Harbaugh said something along the lines that they that they just didn't block it up or, or didn't account for him and it's hard to tell on a TV tape. So I know that's gonna be one of the things that you crack open mm-hmm. uh to to see how 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 exactly and Mike Tomlin kind of kind of sort of said that they had pump block on there or was that just a case of I don't know was that just a case of him you know not getting picked up did they have a a, a, a true uh not normal you know did they see something I guess that you would like to think that they saw something there right yeah, I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, I, the the TV angle is not clean enough for me to really evaluate it. Uh, so we'll have to wait, wait for the. All it's 22. hard to even pick. Uh, it's even hard to where pick uh, where Killebrew is coming he's through all that. Left side, he's kind of covered up by I think Connor or somebody. Um, but yeah, Killebrew said they've been working on this for three weeks, and you got to use it in certain situations. So it's punt block. It's uh, fourth fourth and long, Baltimore at their own fourteen. No concern of a fake situation here, obviously. And you got a chance where they're kind of backed up to really effectively rush. And of course, you're you're down. You're trying to make a splash play. So all those kind of pieces in terms of game circumstance come together based on line of scrimmage and point of the game and score and all those kinds of things. So I don't know exactly what they did. It didn't seem like there was a crazy stunt or twist or anything, but there's probably some wrinkle in there that all you could do is kind of just either screw up the long snapper and the up back. You kind of get those guys miscommunicating and taking the same guy or not picking somebody up. You're going to get through the A gap. And of course, you want A gap pressure because it's the shortest path to the punter right. as opposed to trying to come around the edge or something like that. So, and then it, it just finished. And the technique of, you know, even things as small as, you know, having wide hands spreading your fingers out so you, you get the best chance possible to block the punt, palms down, that kind of stuff, really effective there. So, Killebrew, three block punts in a Steelers career. I mean, I don't know, does anybody have more block punts than Killebrew since 2021? I know not in Pittsburgh, but league wide, I, I doubt it. I don't know if he, he probably probably isn't going to get AFC special teams player of, 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 of the week, but damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a turning point for sure in this game, for sure. That that uh, 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 at that point, what you had Orioles 10, Pirates 8. <laughs> and like, yeah, the 1970 like series. The, like, like the eighth inning, right? Wasn't it at that time? Uh, there and uh, Rodney Williams almost had that. I know. Thing. So it, close. It, it, I was rooting for, the, for, 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 <laughs> for that. Speaking of Rodney Williams, uh, the Gunner turnover. Uh, right. Rod- Rodney Williams probably saves a touchdown there. Yeah, I was wondering about that, and I'm really glad that Tyler Wise tweeted that out, or maybe you mentioned it. I don't. I think I saw Tyler just just mentioned that that he made the. He kind of called it a tackle, but it was the return the the guy that recovered it kind of stumbling, but certainly Williams impacted the play enough to prevent that from being a touchdown in blades of grass to defend. So that right. is one of those hidden plays to me. That might be the turning point of the game. For if Williams does not make that play, then it's a touchdown, and it, Pittsburgh almost certainly loses that game. So yeah, that is a. That is a critical moment that will not get talked about enough. I wonder if that, and, and once again, I, I don't, you know, and, and 
Tyler's worked for us long enough. Nothing I say on this podcast is going, mm-hmm. going to uh, uh, sway him as far. I'm doing it. I'm doing it the turning point this week. Tyler's away, so you oh, tell okay. Me. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, because if 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 that tackle's not, if he gets into the end zone, do the Steelers have enough to come back from? You, know, you we'll never know. What's but, the score? It would have been. Was it ten five? Would have been seventeen to five. Is that is that correct? Uh, what was it then? I had to pull up the game book again. Damn you. Yeah. I'm sorry for sending down this. I'm just letting you write my article for me. It's making it easy uh, on me here today. Um, let's see. It was 10, eight, uh, at, at the time. So it would have been 10, 17 to eight, right? 17 to eight. Okay. Yeah. At that point, that's now two possession game. Cause you don't know that you're going to get the intercept, you know, inter- you know all sure. like that because all that's all that doesn't happen. Cause they're in the end zone at that point. So yeah, I mean, mate, I, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if, if, if you made Rodney Williams, the, and we, what, what, what did we talk about? And one of the main reasons I talked about having him on my initial 53 was uh special teams play uh, for mm-hmm. him. And it's kind of, it's not something that you draw up or ever want to see again in special teams play. Uh, because it's a byproduct of a bad special teams play uh, there. But, I mean, if he doesn't make that tackle, are we talking about a W today? Probably not. I, I really don't think we are talking about a win there, Dave. All right. Um, uh, the elephant, and let's talk about some other, other things here. Uh, the challenge by Tomlin. On the Aguilar catch? Right. Yeah, I, I, really... I, underst- I understood. I, I, I understand seeing all the angles now. Why? I guess he did it, but he, I'll just say this. It, Tomlin's lucky he gets a W there. <laughs> yeah, he somehow won the challenge despite not actually winning what he was trying to the challenge there. So, I mean, I guess in the end of the day, you don't think about that play too much, but probably not the right call to challenge. And then the other thing there is that, that kneel down thing at the end. Yeah, that was just a complete mess. I mean, you don't have to be in. Like, why are you bringing in Spencer Anderson for the first snap of his season? Just, just kneel it down out of you know twelve personnel. You can just kneel it down at any personnel. You don't have to do that kind of crap. So, because you, if you did that right and 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 run the play clock down and all like that, you could have got that down to seventeen seconds or so, couldn't you? Yeah. Oh, probably less than that. I mean, all you have to do is just kneel the ball. I mean, I made the joke this morning. Is this, is this Mario Cristobal? You're, you're taking your fourth down or your kneel down cues from, I mean, just, just fall down. That's all you have to do is just snap the ball and fall down and not commit a penalty. And the game at that point is essentially over. All right. Okay. But that, that was, that was concerning. I, I couldn't help. I think, man, they're going to give them one more damn shot here. And I mean, they literally did. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, why did, why did Gunner remain the return man when Austin was cleared from his concussion? I probably didn't want him to take another hit. But he's cleared. Like, what do you? Yeah, if he's yeah. cleared. There's there. How clear? How clear was he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're pretty strict about this stuff. If he's you know cleared, is clear to me. Yeah, he, played, I mean, he went back into the game. It's not like he sat out. I mean, he went back into the game for some number of snaps after being cleared. Right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So that one was a peculiar to me. And then King got pulled off of kick returns for Gunner at some point during the game, which also didn't make much sense to me. Right. But anyway, all is well that ends well, I suppose. Brad Wing was fine. Boz was solid, as always. So 
um, those things, of course, were were important to the win. I agree. All right, David. I, I apologize thoughts? for having a, I, I know it's a negative tone out of me today, but I mean, uh, you know, obviously they, they got the W they did. They, they made the plays that they had to make and the Ravens didn't make the play, plays that, that they should have made. And that's what you boil this thing down to that the Steelers did not props to the Steelers for not making catastrophic, although, although they tried, they, you know, with, with, with the gunner one there, but, uh, uh, the Steelers made the necessary plays in those Mike Tomlin kind of weighty moments, if you will, and, and and the Ravens didn't, and that was the difference in this game. And despite certainly the Ravens having all these miscues and missed opportunities, Pittsburgh just finds a way to win. When they're back into a corner, when people are counting them out, when it seems like all is lost, they just emerge, and they win, and they scratch, and they claw, and it's never pretty, and it's always... You know, you're mad in the win almost in some sense, but it's still a victory. This is what Pittsburgh does, and especially against the Ravens. These, this is how all these games go. This is the biggest win that Pittsburgh has had in, term, in terms of point margin, seven points, since 2018. And they've won a lot of games recently over the Ravens. I mean, these games are always three, four, five points, no matter what. It's like it's like laws. Like, you literally cannot win by more than a touchdown in Steelers-Ravens. So this is how this stuff goes. I tell you, somebody pointed this out on 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 Twitter. Uh, you know, after Joey Porter got got his interception, he ran over and gave the ball to Mike Tomlin. You know, mm-hmm. that's that these guys think the world of Mike Tomlin. You know, and that's how they're he's able to get them to gut through some of these games. These guys, these guys play their ass off for Mike Tomlin. They do. You're right. And for all of Tomlin's warts, and there's certainly, you know, several of those, he's never lost that. He's never lost the locker room since being hired in 2007. That's the best thing I can say about Mike Tomlin of any, any accolade, anything about him as a coach, as a leader. He has never lost a locker room in almost two decades. That is unheard of right now. And it's not that we accept, you know, the, the playoff drought, all that kind of stuff. That's still, that stuff has to, to stop, but to to not to not do that is to me more impressive than almost anything else on his resume. And look, I understand to relate. You know, he's had a long. You know, he's known Joey uh, Junior for for yes, from all of his life, yada yada, and all like that. And oh yeah, well that makes sense that Joe. You know, but but uh, uh, regardless of who may probably would have got that, I could have I could see that same scenario playing out where they run over and give my these guys just play their ass off for for him. You know, and that's why he's regarded as, you know, those polls or I don't care if it's if they're only polling 20 people, if they're polling the entire league like like they they, they they put up the facade that happens. He probably is the coach that most players around the league would like to play for. And I, I think that's a, you know, a, a small evidence of that. And I think that's why Mike Tomlin's got that 12 and two record after blowout wins that, that he has because this it's, it's almost like i we don't want to let daddy down you know yeah and i don't know i don't know how he does it because i don't know at this point how you find a new message and a way to present and connect with guys but but he does and that's credit to him so again issues with tomlin streaks that must be broken we don't know how the rest of the season is going to go they lose to the rams we're all mad again all that kind of stuff that's how the the week to week nature of the nfl goes but 
you have to give Tomlin credit for that. I would like to stop talking about that 12 and two stat though, for at least the re- re- <laughs> yes. rest of this season and all like that, you know, we, let, let's not have, you know, get blown out, come back and win a game that you, you, you know, gut through one and, you know, just keep this cycle. Cause that certainly isn't uh sustainable o- o- overall there, but mm-hmm. uh, look, it's, it's uh, if you listen to this, Heck yeah. It, it was a gutsy win. They got a W you getting it against the Ravens. You do so in a manner that makes John Harbaugh not look glowingly on that side. I mean, Lamar, and Lamar, there's going to be some residual impact of some of the things I think that Lamar said after the game, basically he said, boy, oh boy, if I get, a, can you imagine if Kenny Pickett said something like that or, or, or had been, you know, now Ben could sort of say stuff and not say mm-hmm. stuff uh, that way. But I mean, Lamar just came uh, pretty much flat out. Right. So if these guys, you know, uh, help me out and catch the ball, we don't lose that game. It's true. You know, mm-hmm. but but are those the kind of things that you want you want your quarterback saying and all like that? So you know, look, uh, we, we did talk about how uh, you know if they did win this, what that might look like. It was it was ugly, but it's still a W. Uh, props to them. They go they're they're leading the damn division uh, going into the bye week, and and now let's see if this team can get healthy and what they can do against you know really a a not that intimidating next five games uh, before Thanksgiving. You got the Rams, you got the Jaguars who've been kind of, I mean, they played a good game against Buffalo, but Buffalo got beat, got the snot beat, you know, had a lot of injuries, I think, in that game uh, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday there. You know, Jacksonville is probably not the team people thought they were going to be. Tennessee guts, guts, guts games out much in the fashion that the Steelers do. You got the, who are the Packers? And then you got the Browns who, by the way, the Browns uh, coming off their bye uh, have to play the 49ers this next week. I mean, obviously that Browns game is several weeks away and a lot, you know, a lot can change uh, within that. But, uh, uh, you know, if, if the Steelers can get healthy coming out of this bye week and if they can, get any improvement on offense whatsoever. They're going to be in, in every one of these next five games. Sure. The stat that I pulled this morning for my stats of the weird since 2000, Pittsburgh has won three of their first five games, 13 times. They made the playoffs 12 of those seasons. So history says they're going to make the playoffs. The only exception, if you're wondering was 2009, with the five game losing streak and the Tomlin unleash hell comment. So avoiding that, then, History says Pittsburgh will be in the playoffs, but it is kind of crazy to talk about this being a three and two first place in the division team. They are 29th in points scored, 17th in points allowed. They're 30th in offensive yardage, 30th in defensive yardage from a per drive standpoint. Offensively, they're 32nd in time of possession, 31st in plays, 30th in yards, 31st in points. Defensively, besides the sacks and the picks, they're not really gaudy. They're, they're pretty average to below across the board. Five offensive touchdowns. Yeah, and yet they are three and two, and they are leading the division right now, which maybe that says more about the North than than anything else. But again, you know, you're you're finding ways to win. That's the name of the game in the NFL. It's not it's not the college system where you got to win in style and there's rankings. It's it's just win, baby. Right, right. Yeah, that's all that matters. Uh, and let's 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 wrap a bow around it before we get to the emails and go back to what we said at the uh, at the top of the show. And, and I'll, I'll put a positive spin on it. Uh, Alex, this team is three and two at the bye and leading the AFC North. Yep. I mean, sign me up for that. All the crap they've been through. I'll take it. All right. 
All right, Dave, let's get, to, let's get to a couple reader emails and close out today's show. And a reminder, Dave and I will have a live stream tonight at 7 p.m. for you guys to talk to us. And they're always so much better after a win than a loss. I'll try not to answer as many questions tonight <laughs> to, 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 to not be the buzzkill. Nicholas Gooden, uh, happy vic- victory-ish Monday. Uh, I think most NFL games, and particularly with the Steelers, there's always a lot of, 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 of bad even in a win. But if you win, most of the bad gets brushed under the rug, at least for the fans. But man, I'm still having a hard time with, oh, Nick, Nick, Nick uh, is on my side of the fence here. I'm still having a hard time with finding the positive, warm and fuzzy feeling about this team, even after beating the Ravens and now atop the AFC North. Is there anything in this game that you can cling to for hope that this Steelers team will get better? Thoughts on Fajoko not playing? Uh, I was looking for him all game. Is Armand Watts, Loudermilk, really that much better? No I don't have a clue why Fajoko couldn't even get on the, on the field for uh, uh, five snaps in this game. Uh, no clue. Uh, uh, put a helmet on him. I would have thought we'd be talking about six, seven, eight, nine, ten snaps in this game. That didn't happen. I don't know why. Uh, as far as the first po- uh, point, I think we covered a lot of that in the podcast here. Uh, do I have a positive, warm, fuzzy feeling about this team right now after beating the Ravens and being atop the AFC North? I think the quick answer to that's no on my end. Is there anything in this game that can cling to cling to for hope that the Steelers team will get better? Well, look, you, you still have Highsmith and uh, Watt. That's one thing. You have Joey Porter getting himself on the field. That's another thing. Uh, and you just have to think that once they get some of these bodies back and now you got a new left tackle over there and you're going to get James Daniel, that, that whatever that better is on offense, it's going to be better to what degree. I don't know. So I think that's the cling to that you have, have, have when it comes to this team at the bye. Yeah. I mean, to answer the questions, rapid fire, not sure on Fajoko. He does play a different position than Watts and Lattermoke. Those are ends and three techs. Fajoko's a, a true zero one tech. So it's apples to oranges there, but still thought he could have played, you know, in some capacity in this game. Uh, do I feel good about this team right now? No, but I'm going to enjoy the win because they're hard in the NFL and for a bye week. I mean, to lose this, if you lost this game, yeah, Dave, you're two and three. The bye week, the Canada. Yeah, we're talking about Canada all day and and all that kind of stuff. It just it it's you sit on it for such a long time. It just you know really really sucks. So this win is so important, and I think in so many ways. Um, but but as you said, the pass rush, the health of this team. You know Hayward hopefully returning soon, uh, sooner than later. At least Deontay Johnson, the guys that were injured for missed this game, that will hopefully um, make this team better out of the bye. So those are the reasons for optimism looking forward. Uh, Bryce, uh, let the Broderick Jones era begin. I've seen all I need to see. Put the rook in moving forward and let him sink or swim. He says, I applaud Dan Moore's effort, but he's not uh, not the pedigree of Broderick. I don't think you have to worry about that, Bryce. I think Broderick Jones is your left tackle now. Uh, number two, some of these defensive personnel decisions are head, are, are head scratchers. He points to the Braden Fajoko thing again. Uh, and why are we taking an Ed Reed type safety in Minka and putting him uh, on the boundary so much? Make it make sense to me, he says. I will say in this game, there was a lot of uh, Minka on Mark Andrews on third down. So that's one reason why he was close to the line of scrimmage, because you know Minka was, was their best option to handle Andrews. Um, not that he solely did it, but I understood that. And they've done that before. So I really wasn't expecting Minka to uh, do anything different in this contest. 
Uh, let's see. Ethan Warner, do you think Matt Canada's lack of reaction on the touchdown was because the route was an audible and it wasn't the play he called? As soon as they showed the clip on the broadcast, I thought that could be why. No. No, no. Just we can give Matt Canada credit here. and That's a fair thing to do. So let's not talk about uh, any of that kind of stuff. Paul Brown writes in, just when you thought this team was dead, they pull one out of their hat. Make no mistake, the defense won this game, and the offense still looks JV, but I think this is something that we can build off of. The fact that Canada probably saved his job with that TD drive, it is disappointing. The team is willing to accept mediocrity on the offensive side of the ball. On the bright side, he says Broderick Jones looked good, or looked great, I'm sorry. I mean, more of a comment, I guess, than, than yeah. a question, right? But yeah, I mean, I thought, again, have to see the all 22 on Jones, but I thought overall it was pretty strong. Uh, Seth Bergstein writes in, hey, fellas, I think I speak for a lot of us when I say I'm thrilled with the win, but don't feel any better about this offense. He says it played out exactly as Dave predicted. Now, come on now. I, I, I predicted the Steelers to get trounced in this one. All I said the only thing that I said, and I promised when I said it that I, I don't get credit for it, I just described what a God forbid they win this game, or 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 uh, goodness gracious if they do win this game, what that might look like. So if you you know don't don't give me credit there. It's just to say that. Man, if they somehow to win this game. It's probably going to be a lot like Alex thought. Maybe they would probably win, 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 win the game there. He says, "Please tell me uh, this win, which was aided big time by Ravens' unforced errors, won't convince Tomlin. All is well, and no more changes need to be made. I know he loves these types of games. That doesn't mean the offense still isn't in need of dramatic overhaul, but he is not going to change anything, is he? Probably not, Seth. Uh, I mean, obviously." <sighs> Yeah, they'll they'll try to continue to make stride, but but huge changes. No, Mike Tomlin to tell you, I'm not going to apologize for winning that game. Right, he never will, except for maybe that one Steelers Ravens game on that Tuesday or whatever it was, where he said we we sucked in the in the victory. But it's 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 Steelers Ravens man. Pittsburgh had a bunch of problems. I thought I think basically everyone thought they were going to lose this game, or most people thought national media, you know, picking against Pittsburgh across the board, and and they won. So. Ugly as it was, and it does not absolve or wave a magic wand and fix all their problems. But man, you won! You won a you won a football game. You won Steelers Ravens. I'm gonna enjoy it and even recognize at the same time that there are still many things that must be addressed. I hope there's just all because because now we get two weeks to chew on. Look, it's it's a lot easier to chew on all 22 for two weeks after a win than it is a <laughs> loss. I'm just wondering how much more. I already know there's some Easter eggs that I want to go find that, that mm. I think will, 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 will get me, you know, uh, some enjoyment here, but, uh, two weeks to chew on this all 22. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you know in two weeks how I feel after that. Well, uh, I, I was going to say, yeah, put that on a bumper sticker, all 22 better to watch in, in a win than a loss. And, and I don't mean the, to punch down or be hypercritical of fans. People can think what they want. And again, I don't want to put my head in the sand and sit there and say, this team is perfect and fixed. They are certainly not, but just be happy with the win, man. Just enjoy a victory. They're hard to come by. And this team is going to have to. You're talking to me, aren't you? No, no, no. (laughs) Well, I say that. And even, and and again, this, this is going to come off uh, like I'm trying to be uh, on my high horse here. I, I promise I'm not intending to be, but you know, we, even in losses, you can still, find small things to to be happy about you know they, they did the the fashion show on friday and i was scrolling through 
it was more Instagram comments. I was just kind of seeing what the reaction was. And everybody just said, fire Canada and this team sucks and you shouldn't be doing this. You should be studying your playbook. Man, just just enjoy the little things. I mean, it, you know, it is a game. And obviously we, we were very invested in this, but uh, certainly after victories, just just enjoy that for at least a bit. We'll talk about the problems tomorrow. We got plenty of time to talk about the issues issues with this team. Just be happy with a win, especially when it comes against the Ravens. I will, Dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, son. <laughs> I'm proud of you. All right, it's getting uh, weird. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's end it there and go ahead and send your nasty comments into YouTube about Dave so negative, and I applaud Alex for being so positive. That that's exactly how this show went today. I so, mean, I wasn't that positive. I mean, I maybe a little cheerier, but maybe that's just because I'm, you know, I felt good about my my prediction there. Right. I, I, you know, that that's what it all boils down to, right? You just you got <laughs> you got you got your checker flag out, don't you? Yeah, you, I'm waving a little okay. bit. Okay. All right. Uh, join us tonight uh, for the YouTube uh, live stream at seven o'clock Eastern time. You can find that by going to Alex Kazora's YouTube channel. Should have some fun uh, with that. Uh, we'll continue to break this thing down with some film rooms and analysis and get into all 22. It'd be nice to kind of slow roll this a little bit, not have to get caught up with the other day-to-day stuff that you normally do uh, dur- during a regular uh, uh, Steelers week here on top of it. So we should have some a uh, lot better analysis or extended analysis on Wednesday there. And uh, like Alex says, though, I mean, you're three and two, your AFC North uh, leaders, who would have thought? You know, uh, at this point, the way this team's played overall right now. So enjoy that facet of it. Plenty of time to pick through all this, and we will. We'll be back on Wednesday. So in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steelers Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, SteedersDepot.com. Hit the donate button up right navigation bar. Also, if you like an ad free version of the site, SteedersDepot.com. Hit the ad free button and, and, whether it be the side drop down on mobile or whatever, just, just uh, hit, find the, find the navigation. And that's how you get to the donations and the ad free versions and all. So until Wednesday, as always, thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with Dave and Alex.